Hello and welcome to the Semicast, the official podcast for SemiInformatic.com. This is episode number one, the first, numero uno, the Julio Iglesias episode of the podcast? No? All right. I'm with my good friend, Anthony Murphy. How are you? Hello, how are you? I'm all right. I'm actually really happy it's not 48 degrees again. No, that was very trying. I actually went to my parents' house and stayed there for the night because they have evaporative cooling. I packed my cat up and took her with me, and I had to get her out from under about five or six beds before she agreed to go into the cage and be taken away. This was all for her benefit, by the way, and she scratched me and, and complained and whined. It's all turned out for the best. We actually have air conditioning, and I was streaming out on Saturday night, and my computer just gave it up, said, fuck it, I'm going to go blue screen. So my stream stopped halfway through, which was okay, because kind of no one was watching anyway. I was just amusing myself playing some NBA Jam. And what's the reason behind getting back into NBA Jam now? Uh, NBA Jam was always... NBA Jam was always kind of a little favorite game of mine, and I was just trying to test the stream out. So I grabbed the NES, no, the Super NES copy of NBA Jam to play, which I'd never kind of played before. So I tried it out and I was thinking to myself, hang on a second, I used to have the Genesis version of this and I don't think it looked this good. I think it actually looked shitter than the uh, Super NES. And then I was having this crisis of faith where maybe I, all those years ago, chose the wrong console, like I backed the wrong horse and I chose the wrong version of NBA Jam, which I spent hours and hours playing. So then I went down this rabbit hole of I had a screen up with the NES version, so the SNES version, the Genesis version, and the arcade version all playing simultaneously. And actually, when you do look at them side by side, they actually look pretty similar. None of them can hold a candle to the arcade version, so I wasn't kind of missing out no. on anything. But I just, my memory has just kind of freaked out and said, no, you were, you fucked it up. Well, you know, you can argue back and forth as to... I mean, I guess you can't really argue back and forth. It was pretty definitive. The Super Nintendo was the console to own, but it's not like there were no good games on the Genesis. Oh, no, absolutely. I was sitting in my friend Lawrence's brother's room, which absolutely reeked of cigarette smoke, and we would play all sorts of weird Genesis games. I remember spending a lot of time at... Wouldn't have been Blockbuster then, but whatever the video store was, and just renting random games and playing them for the weekend and then occasionally taking them back, occasionally paying a late fee. I remember one of my friends rented Street Fighter 2 for the SNES because his video shop had it before it came out in Australia. And he just told them that he lost it and kept it and paid the fee because it was cheaper (laughs) than importing it into Australia. I was actually cleaning out the roof and I found, this is back into basketball a little bit, I found a blockbuster copy of the Sean Kemp video from the Seattle Supersonics, which I must have borrowed and forgotten to give back. I'm pretty sure that that video store doesn't exist anymore. So either I'm up for a huge fine or I'm kind of fine. So I don't know. Yeah, well, you, whether they passed you onto a debt collector or not, you'll only find out by, I guess, getting a credit report or, or doing one of those things. Can I send Sean Kemp the bill? You can. You can send him the tape back too. You're probably looking for it. Well, I'm not even sure what he's doing at the moment. I'm pretty sure he was having some issues. So maybe he can't afford it. Maybe I am the best person to pay for that. Can I make a confession at this point? Yeah. I don't know who Sean Kemp is. Sean Kemp was the forward, I believe, for the Seattle Supersonics, the basketball team. 
And, okay. Uh, I don't know what a forward is either. That's <laughs> just the taller of the... So there's the guards oh, right. who are shorter and then there's the forward and there's the centres. But the Seattle Supersonics don't even exist anymore. I, I think they... They went supersonic and they collapsed into a singularity? Yeah, they were feeling a lot supersonic. I like to think that because I stopped really watching basketball in the late 90s that they thought it was just all over and they just thought, nah, fuck it. And were they your favourite team? Yeah, they were kind of my favourite team. I even had the Sean Kemp Reebok shoes... Which I, for some reason, they were in some semi-final, and I made a deal with myself that if they won one of the matches, I think they were playing against the Bulls. That if they won the match that they happened to be playing because they were due for elimination, that I would buy the shoes, and <laughs> they did. And then I bought the shoes, and then I wore the shoes once. And now I don't you know made where a they deal are. to spend money on yourself. <laughs> yeah, of course, because I had to hold up that deal. Right. It's kind of like saying if you go out and run a marathon, I'm going to eat all this ice cream. I think I've done something like that. I've done couch mm. to 5K to ice cream, I think was right. the thing that I did. Okay. I think you have to do a lot of couch to 5K to get rid of ice cream. Uh, yes. Ice cream is like the worst of the worst because it's like all the fat and all the sugar. But it's just so good. It is so good. I was having a discussion with my wife tonight saying that there's no such thing as bad ice cream. Like even the cheapest ice cream still tastes kind of fine. Yeah, it tastes kind of fine. I actually opened up a container of the really cheap chocolate ice cream for the kids tonight and I had a little bit of a mouthful and I was like, this doesn't taste as rich and as chocolatey as what I remember it. So I opened up the canister of connoisseur chocolate ice cream that I also had in the fridge because we doubled down on ice cream on the weekend. Mm. And yeah, that was like four times as rich. So they're never going to taste that because that's just too good for them. Unless they're eating it while you're asleep like I would do when I was a kid. (laughs) We usually get like magnums or something like that. Now there's only like four in a packet. And so we thought, no to hell with that. And we just got like bull of regular ice cream and they give you eight. And I thought, well, it's still ice cream. It still tastes good. It's still covered in chocolate and biscuit pieces and things like that. So why not have ice cream for longer? You just buy it on sale and then you just, just consider your choice a bit of a surprise. Just like whatever's on sale, I'm buying that. Like like a lucky dip, but for ice cream. Yeah, so it's generally the ice cream that they're not going to stock anymore or some, or they have to pull off the shelves because it's poisoning someone. But it's still ice <laughs> cream, like you said, so it's fine. Right, like that Maggie beer ice cream. That's really expensive and it tastes really bad. Ah, oh, but it's so good. It does not. Uh, no, no. Oh. It's, I have a bone to pick with people and caramel. It's like, with caramel, I just want caramel. Maybe I want pieces of fudge or something. Don't put burnt fig in it. Don't put coconut with it. Don't put anything else with it. You don't need to put anything else with caramel because caramel is big enough and strong enough to like hold the front line by itself. It does seem that caramel has taken a back seat in flavors recently. Like they have to put yeah. extra things with it. Also, peppermint's taken a back seat as well. I've noticed. I love a bit of peppermint, or is so it do I. mint, or is it the other one? No, no, not spearmint. The peppermint. I always get them confused. They opened a Ben and Jerry's near us at the at the cinema, and like it's eight different types of chocolate and not much else: chocolate and caramel and cookie dough, and that's about it. That's pretty tame for Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Oh well, it is it is Australia, and we're a bit conservative. Yeah. How was your break? Oh, Christmas was okay. Um, didn't really get up to much. We just sort of went to relative Christmas. We had two Christmases on my wife's side of the family because all of her brothers were going away. So we had Christmas the week before Christmas and then Christmas on Christmas Day because her mother wanted to get together on Christmas Day. So kind of had three. That's either twice as much fun or twice as much work. Yeah, it was twice as much work. One of uh, my wife's nephews got a toolbox, like a, a big toolbox on wheels and a Bunnings voucher. And now he's off to Bunnings to try to fill it with tools uh, so he doesn't keep borrowing and ruining his dad's tools he's the, to give you an 
give you an idea of how this works. He's 10 and he can weld. <laughs> what? I was yeah. 32 before I learned how to weld. Well, his dad restores cars and is pretty handy. And the sort of the rite of passage is that if you hurt yourself with a mitosaur at one stage, then you're pretty much in the family. So they're waiting for me at this point. You should stay away from a mitosaur. I would really like to have a mitosaur, but yeah, there's only a couple of power tools I've got that I'm terrified of. And if I had a mitosaur, that would be one of them. But the circular saws are close second, followed by the router. That's a healthy respect, I think. Yeah, my circular saw's old and GMC, and it makes a god-awful noise when it runs, like someone's destroying something inside it. Circular saws are really exciting when they kick back, when you like, when you maybe just hit a knot or the mm. odd, oddly placed nail that shouldn't have been there, and they kick back. That's always a bit of exciting time of circular saw ownership. Yeah, mine needs a new circular saw blade, but I can't find any in the right size. But yeah, <laughs> that's something for another day. Just buy another cheap circular saw. I think that was the plan when we tried to clean your barbecue with the cheap grinders. I still got that grinder, actually. That was only a $5 grinder. It was. It still works. Again, it makes a terrible noise when you turn it on. But Was that noise there before we started or after? No, no, they, they were $5 grinders, so they constantly make terrible noises. $5 of quality. Barbecue was clean there. They did their job. I managed to transition pretty smoothly into holidays this year. Generally, it takes me a while to kind of wind down and get into the groove. For Christmas, I received a, uh, a summer kind of, you would call it a robe, a little thin kind of dressing gown type arrangement. Right. And I believe I spent the good majority of my two weeks wearing it because that was what I wore. That that was that was what you wear on holidays. You just this is a Western suburbs thing. <laughs> it's definitely indeed a Western suburbs thing. I didn't wear it right. out because that would be. I actually draw the line there. Some people don't. I like to think that I've at least got some. I don't know. Pride. Yeah, pride. Yeah, pride in your looks. You can tell I've got pride because I didn't even know the word. And the other thing, we did the thing that I should have done for the last few years, and that is I just went ahead and bought hot cross buns on the 27th of December when they were out. When Coles were, really? went, when Coles were ballsy enough to release them, I went to Coles and I looked at them and I said, what's this shit? Hot cross bun? And then I stopped and went, wait a second, you like hot cross buns. You should just buy these. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm a grown man. I can buy hot cross buns whatever the hell I damn well feel like it. So I bought some hot mm. cross buns. And well, good it, for you. It's going to be a long season of hot cross buns. Yeah, my dad's like that, but with mince pies. So around Christmas, he tends to get excited. Mince pies would come out really early. Mince pies would be out in like April, I would say Probably. now. I think you can get them year round these days. Do they still call them mince pies? Or, or, or do they call them something else at Christmas time, like Christmas pies? Oh, or they I just- don't know. Festive pies, something like that. Give me a festive pie. That doesn't sound yep. great. No. No, it sounds like a terrible direct-to-video sequel to something. Festive Pies. Yeah. Oh, mm. yeah. I don't want to. Maybe I do want to see that film. I don't know. Bad Boys 3, Festive Pies. <laughs> what you going to do? <laughs> uh, so, while we're on the topic of food, I will make uh, a bit of a confession. I didn't know how long we were going to go tonight, so I actually got myself some food just because I just didn't, didn't really want to go hungry. But I managed to, for some reason, pick up a tub of chips, and they're just sitting here in front of me, and I know that- A that's, tub? Well, it's kind of a plastic container arrangement, because I had taken them out of the bag and stored them, you know, like a, a civilized human being would, because right. we didn't eat them all. And now they're just staring at me, and I know that I can't eat them. 
I've just chosen no, the worst can't. food possible to eat while recording. I have a glass of water. I've got a glass it. of water as well, but they're sitting next to the chips, and the chips look way better than the glass of water. <laughs> Probably. If you were on TeamSpeak or anything like that, when our friend Cameron used to play, he had no issues about eating chips while other people were listening to him, and it was horrible. Yeah, I think I might just put them over here so that um, I can't reach them, and I can't just absentmindedly crunch into the microphone. It has got me thinking about what is a good food to eat while you've got a microphone stuck in front of your face, but I can't really. It's maybe it's cheese or cream. It's maybe some whipped cream pate, something that doesn't. I've never had pate, actually. You could put, like, a hamburger in a blender, maybe. Maybe you just eat the hamburger because, like, it's really not that. I mean, depending on the type of hamburger, if it was a McDonald's hamburger, then sure, there's nothing in there that's going to make any noise. No. I on my sa- I, th- I think it was actually the same trip to Coles. I bought a packet of Pringles because I had wanted some Pringles and I bought some the week before. And then when I went to eat them, they were no longer in the cupboard. So, I'm like, <laughs> no worries. I'll get myself Part some of more. having children. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Children and a wife who likes Pringles as well. Yeah. So I bought two, and, and and they had two packs for five five bucks, and I thought that was a great deal. So I got myself a packet of the original Pringles, and then I had this smorgasbord of other flavors I could have tried. So I ended up buying hamburger flavored Pringles, mm. which are apparently vegan. You should then put them on a hamburger. Hey, yeah. I wonder if you can get bread flavored Pringles, and then you yeah. can get the cheese flavored Pringles. And then you can maybe get a tomato flavor Pringle and just have a Pringle hamburger. Pringle burgers. just make burger time with Pringles. That's the next food truck, I think. Pringle burgers. They'll probably be about $13. We went to a food truck thing at a golf course last night. And there were three food trucks there. And one was a potato food truck, but they weren't selling actual potatoes. They were just selling chips and things like that. And one was Indian and one was sort of hot dogs. Indian hot dogs or were they two separate trucks? No, no. The Indian one was called Two Fat Indians and then there was like hot dogs something or other. And they, they actually weren't really hot dogs. They were kind of like sausages, but they were covered in hot dog fixings. So it just probably wasn't the best idea to go out while it was 32 degrees and eat hot dogs standing on a golf course. Why would you, why would you be at a golf course when it's 32 degrees? Because they had hot dogs. Oh, okay, fair enough. So you went there for the hot dogs, not the golf? No, no. We, well, I've been there to play golf before, but. Yeah, we just saw that it was advertised and we said, let's let's go out and do something. And at that stage, the cool change had come, but it was a fake cool change. So it got hot again once we went out. So we ate our hot dog and went home. Well, you, you know, you could have gotten in a couple of rounds of golf, one hole or a couple of balls off the driving range. Yeah, maybe. Um, it was a bit, bit warm for that and I didn't have my clubs with me. So, What have you been up to this week apart from um, hot dogs at a golf course without the golf? What have you been playing? I have gotten well back into Elite Dangerous. There was a period over Christmas where I was looking for the right game to play and I would start something and then decide I didn't want to play it and then stop playing it and then go and watch TV and then come back and try something else and it would continue on like that uh, until they announced, well they didn't announce, but earlier in the week they found aliens in Elite Dangerous and there's this has been building up to this. People have found crash ships and sort of alien artifacts and things like that. And there's a thing in the game where you jump into hyperspace and it's it's essentially a loading screen. Uh, when you get from system to system, it's just sort of hidden as a, as a hyperspace jump. And so you're pretty safe because you're in a loading screen. No one can shoot you. Uh, but what happens when, when the aliens come along is in the middle of this loading screen, your shipboard computer just says hyperspace conduit becoming unstable. 
and then you just get dropped out of it and all of your systems glitch out and turn off and then ice starts to crawl up the windows of your ship as it is you know you start to freeze then the aliens arrive they're in like a big starship face uh, shaped uh, ship and they sort of make all these kind of weird noises and flash yellow lights at you and scan you and then then they just take off and then one by one your ship systems power up and you're kind of free to go but you can imagine that jumping from system to system in elite dangerous is something that happens like hundreds of times in a play session, depending on what you're doing, but for this one time, for this one person, and there's only been maybe two or three people who it's happened to that it just went all horribly wrong. So, just people madly trying to take videos and screenshots and everything. So this has never happened before? That- no. No, the game's, game's been out for two years and, and nobody's seen these aliens before. So up until that point, what's the game been about? It's been like mining in space? Is that pretty much yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much it. It's one of those things where you kind of have to, have to make your own fun. There's not really a goal. There's community goals, which you can take part in, which change the way the world works. So if there's a station that needs something and there's a community goal for everyone to bring as much of it as they can there, then that station gets a boost for a little while. Um, There's mining, there's combat, there's exploration. So if you find something first, because it's a a simulation of the solar system, so there's billions of, of stars, if you're the first person to visit something, when other people visited it, they will, it will note that it was found first by you. So, is this like, so if I went into Elite Dangerous Blind, so I've, I've never played it, but if, if I bought the game and expected it to be just a space mining simulator or something along those lines and aliens have now been thrown or thrust into the game, is would I be shocked or would I, does this change the game? It's just like if EA put a home invasion into The Sims, like would it fuck up my game that much or is yeah, it, or is it, or, or they're always kind of, hints that this kind of thing could happen or is it was it completely no, there, left there field? was always always hints the only people really left playing elite dangerous are elite fans so they know about you know the aliens were in the original elite back in the 80s and they know they know they've been coming it's just confirmation now that here they are and this is what they look like and oh god it's scary i feel right. sorry for the one guy who was in vr when this happened to him <laughs> <laughs> welcome to vr son yeah pretty much you just see the camera. It's very difficult to watch because the camera's jerking all over the place as he's looking around trying to figure out what's going on with his ship. Because VR can be freaky at the best of times. And if you throw mm. something that you're just not expecting in, I can understand how that's a pretty good virtual reality moment. Yeah. So I've just been mining asteroids and saving money trying to get a big, huge ship that will, uh, I guess, make me feel better about myself, maybe. <laughs> no aliens? Uh no, no, I have. We'll see. The aliens tend to hang out around a particular group of systems, and I'm I'm not anywhere near there. Okay. I gave Grow Home a bit of a go as well, and I kind of like it. I'm not sort of really sure about it, to be honest. It's fun, but uh, the amount of praise that was heaped on it, I'm not not really sure was warranted. I think I have Grow Home, but I've never played it. I haven't played it yet. I think it's in my Steam library, but just sitting dormant, waiting for my you know, a couple of minutes of, maybe I should play that. The only thing I really found amusing was they have these sheep in there and because it's like really sort of basic polygonal graphics, the sheep are just sheep-shaped things with two huge eyes. And so you can run up to them and grab onto them with the left and right trigger and then just run in the opposite direction and drag them and they just kind of look towards you and look towards where they want to go repeatedly (laughs) as if to say, can you please let me go? I was doing something. And then you can throw them into these things to scan them and they kind of just float there and just look at you as if to say, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? So what is the premise of Grow Home generally in kind of a nutshell? I mean, I assume it's not a sheep attacking game. No, no, that's just what I found amusing about it. 
there's a big tree and you climb the tree and then find these really phallic looking things and make them penetrate these other yeah. things. And <laughs> yeah, you do. And then that's why it's got sheep in it. Those, those sheep now- don't look concerned for no reason. They know what's coming. Yes. They're just hoping that then, like, you don't figure it out first. When you do that, the tree grows a bit higher so you can get up to the next part yeah, of the level. Yeah, it does. It gets bigger. It grows. <laughs> this game. Oh, maybe I should play this game. <laughs> you pro- probably should. Now, I played The Witness as well, which is something I was putting off until it was a bit cheaper. And it's There's some pretty interesting... It's the same puzzle over and over again. Like, there's a maze and you have to get from one end of the maze to the other. But they might they mix it up with things like... In this one, you have to make sure that you move over all these dots that have been placed around the maze and you can't sort of cross over your own lines and things like that. Or they might say you need to completely encircle these points before you go to the exit. Or there's a mirror um, maze thing where where you draw, there's like a mirror of what you're drawing and you have to get both of those things to the end. I hear it's been getting some really good praise. for like It's been on a lot of people's game of the year list. It's weird. Uh, It's got like that sort of mist-riven, I'm on this place and I don't really know why, and there's some recordings of people talking and they've been saying things and I've not really understood much of what they're saying. So, yeah, it's good. I mean, I keep going back to it, so it must be- That's always a good sign. must be good. I jumped into Hitman to do the Christmas or Hitmas- Thing the the um, to- Home Alone yeah, uh, that's villains. The one. Yeah. Um, I did that very clumsily. Uh, Actually, I do most yeah, of so Hitman very clumsily. <laughs> there was one of them. Um, one of them, I had a can or oh, no, no, a brick. <laughs> that's right. I had a brick and I was down in the, um, in the basement in Paris and he was walking past this door and I go, that's him. And so <laughs> there was, I could see there was nobody else in the area. <laughs> so I just walked out just tossed a brick at him and hit him in the head and it knocked him out. But just at that point, uh, one of the serving guys um, <laughs> came along. So I ran away and hid in a box. And when it had all calmed down, I went back and he was gone. I th- thought, what does that man think? That, <laughs> that he's just been walking along and someone's just come out of nowhere and beamed him with a brick. And then he was woken then- up by a server and he goes, did you just hit me with... <laughs> <laughs> so, that yeah, eventually I got him, but I just... <laughs> Imagine if that had happened twice. And it's like, <laughs> somebody keeps throwing bricks at me. What's going on? I think I actually took him out in the same, in a similar spot. I was downstairs, but I threw a crowbar at his head. Yeah, well, that, that would do it. I'm always amazed at Agent 47's ability to carry three crowbars and not have anyone yep. notice. <laughs> three crowbars, a wench, two, uh, sorry, a wrench, two bricks. You could um, probably kill someone with a wench. A circumcision knife. Uh, cans of spaghetti. Yeah, and the, but yeah. but then you can still get through a frisk by carrying three three crowbars. <laughs> yeah, it's like you go up and get frisked, and it's like, well, oh, we found a six cans of spaghetti, three cans of soda, <laughs> crowbar, a wrench, a screwdriver, two bricks. Um, yeah, but no guns or knives or anything like that. So I played a little bit of Hitman as well. I did the elusive target as well, with which was the uh, the food critic, and yeah, I, took I failed him- that pretty quick. I actually managed to get him. He was, the one, he was one of the few elusive targets that I've actually managed to do correct. Look, I don't want to say correctly because I did just... He was kind of talking to a chef at the time and I had a knife and I was just hiding around a corner and I was just like... I, th- I thought, I reckon I can just back up against this wall and piff a knife at him and run. And that's what I did and it worked. Well, I, I did get shot a few times, but I managed to make it out and to the boat 
uh, dressed as a chef. So I don't know what the dock hand thought of a of a chef just hot footing it out of the hotel, yep. being shot at. And gotta go. That's the. I I gave a guy really bad food, and I just have to get off the island right now. Time to leave. Yeah, but it did work. I I managed to take him out. That was after trying to subtly do it. I got a bit impatient, which kind of happens. It can happen in Hitman impatience. Mm. No, it happens quite often. Sort of. Really, the only other thing I've been playing is a game called Subnautica, which is, I guess, kind of like a survival building game but it's all underwater Uh, and I'm absolutely terrified of things that are underwater. When I was a kid I wouldn't play in the deep rock pools because I thought something was going to grab me. So this has been difficult for me to play. I've actually Um, gone the opposite way with water. I used to really really love it and I used to spend a lot of time in it and then I've grown to not like it uh, over the course of my life and I think it's because there have been so many shark attacks and originally I was like yeah get those sharks but then I, I kind of came to the realization. It's like, hang on, I'm in their world, so mm. don't get the sharks. Like, just I just eventually, ha- I've just stayed out of the water from now. I'm not in the sharks' world; they're not in mine, and I'm kind of happy with that. Well, yes, that's uh, I guess that's the way to do it. But there are lots of things that I like sharks in this game. There's these things that are kind of like crocodiles, but fish, and and they sort of not real happy with you when you go near them and they come at you, and it's led to a lot of me. Uh, running away, or if I'm trapped, just repeatedly stabbing at them with a knife, shouting, do you want some of this, over and over again. Um, <laughs> do they have a VR mode? Uh, I think it's coming, or it's already in there. I haven't checked much. I've just sort of mostly been sort of following the story, and <laughs> there's this area with kelp in it, which is sort of long, sort of frondy stuff that comes up off the ocean floor, and when you go in there, they're just sort of like waving in the currents in the ocean in a very, very... Wait, that's very upsetting to me. And then when you go in there, the water kind of goes murky. And lots of times it's like, nope, just turn around, go back to my little pod and hide. Yeah. Uh, But I'm kind of getting the hang of it now. I had to travel a long distance and I refused to do it underwater. So I just swam across the top of the water and said, if I can't see what's down there, then then it can't get me. <laughs> and you were fine. You made it. You you doggy paddled your way from yeah, pretty much. island to island. Yep. Uh, well, there's not much landmass in this game, which is why it's called Subnautica. But I started to build a base, and I just kind of sit in there now and flip off the fish as they go past me. I played a bit of Abzu, which is another underwater game, and that has oh, shark yes. in it as well, which is quite shocking the first time you kind of so it kind of toys with you a little bit, and you're thinking, "Oh, that's all right. This shark's not too bad." And then you get these little robots that kind of follow you around, and yeah, and you can collect them. I thought you can only get one, and at the time I only had the one, and he was my one friend in Subnautica, my little kind of buddy who would I would kind of make my little blip 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 noises and he would kind of make his blip blip noises and so we were forming this kind of bond and then we were just kind of happily going through a cave and then a shark took it and I got actually really upset because you know it's my little buddy and but then I found another one so I was fine yeah I wouldn't play that game I wouldn't be able to handle it there's another game not stranded deep depth where it's a multiplayer game where half the people play as divers trying to achieve treasure and the other half play as sharks. Oh, that's great. Yeah, there's the no worst thing. It's either the best that. thing or the worst thing. I can't kind of make up my mind. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's a- <laughs> the, the sharks are really fast from what I've seen in the videos too. So It's probably the best really thing sure. if you're the shark and the worst thing if you're the diver. Is there an upside for being to being a diver? I, don't I have know. no idea. I just watched a couple of videos on it and went, no, <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> and probably the, really the last thing I've been playing is I played a little bit of Titanfall 2. Oh, Titanfall 2. That's been my yeah. game of 
uh, the holidays. That's been my the thing that's kind of got me back really heavily into console shooters. Are you enjoying it? No. Well, really? yes and no, but oh. not really as much as I guess you are. Uh, it's it's okay, and uh, you know I enjoy it when I play it, but I don't really feel the drive to go back and keep playing it. Yeah, it seems like it's. I know it's different, but it seems very similar to to sort of other. I guess you, we, we we call them spectacle shooters now. Yeah, yeah, um, but I think to me, I mean, I think Titanfall for, for stars. It's got an amazing campaign. I thought I mean, it's, it's not very long. It's. I mean, I bought it on the PlayStation Four sales over Christmas. Because I actually anticipated myself just wanting to play the campaign because I'd actually heard really good things about it, mm. and it does live up to that. It lives up to, you know, I I paid thirty bucks for it, and there are a couple of really good fun sequences in that campaign, and nothing kind of sticks around for too long where you kind of get bored with it. Just as you think, okay, well, what else you got? It gives you something cooler, and you go, all right, you're there now. I'm now I'm feeling it, and then it does something else, and you kind of go, yeah, now I'm feeling that. So, I actually found the campaign really, really good and I jumped into the multiplayer and I really sucked at it. I really sucked. I would constantly be last. I was the guy who maybe had one pilot kill and I would just kind of, I started to just shoot grunts just so I would have some points to show on the board. And hey guys, can you help me kill yeah, people? Yeah, Stuff like that. You just punch grunt in the face and go, yeah, I'm cool, right? But, I did something. But what the game does do, and I found in multiplayer, it's even if you suck, it made you feel cool because you could wall run and you could throw a grappling hook and do this. And and even at the point where I was at my suckiest, I still was able to eject from my Titan, which was exploding because I'm that bad, and go up into the air. I shot another pilot. While I was in midair, I land. I, as I was falling, I shot my grappling hook down onto an enemy Titan, grappled to that Titan, leant down, ripped a battery out of that Titan, and jumped off that Titan onto a rooftop while one of my teammates proceeded to kill that Titan. And I was like, okay, I kind of get this game now. It's 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 not one moment of I'm a badass. It's like just a lot of really small moments that you can potentially string together. And I still have really bad games, yeah. but I tend to now after playing it it's got its hooks in deep and uh, but after after playing it for a while i've can kind of get to the kind of the mid of the middle of the range most of the time and occasionally mm. top out so i actually am really surprised that i like it as much as i do because i'm not really a fan of console shooters well we'll see i'll play through the single player at least but uh, at the moment the the drive to go back hasn't really been there as i think it's mostly those those kind of like jumpy explodey spider things really annoy me Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think are they. I can't think. I don't think that they're in the the multiplayer. Probably not. Maybe there's, not. There's like a a boss fight made out of terrain that that is generated throughout the level with this big giant machine, and I'm up to that boss fight, and there's just an absolute stack of them. Oh yes, no, they're actually a. You can get them as a titan or as a pilot, I believe, as one of the, your alternate. Features so you'd like I've got a grappling hook and my Titan which I play tone has a ping that shows me where the enemies are. Right. Some of the Titans do actually get those so they can drop out, but they don't drop out as much and they're not as aggressive. Right. But I do remember that section and being yeah, and no, kind of was annoying. I did yell at the TV once or twice. <laughs> sort of reminded me of of like sort of certain times in Call of Duty where there's just a part that you can't. I mean, I didn't really have as much trouble with Call of Duty as I had with this. 
I mean, I guess if you really want to get down to it, those spider things are essentially grenades on legs. That's their gameplay niche. And I don't think there's an equivalent for that in any of the Call of Duty games. No, modern modern warfare, spider warfare, maybe? I don't know. No. Oh, God. Spider, well, spider warfare, if we want to play that, we should be playing Earth Defense Force, which I want to play <laughs> at one stage, but not just yet. They've got more than enough to play at the moment. Yeah, but I mean, that section in Titanfall is kind of the first time they ask you to put together a whole bunch of things that you've learned up until that point. Previously, that you've kind of learned the shooting and you've learned the running and you've learned it all kind of separately mm. and you've kind of changed weapons a couple of times. And that, I think that is the first time that they just go, all right, now let's see if you can throw it all together. Right. I spend a lot of my time running away and shooting at things. I'll get back to it, but yeah, there's sort of other things demanding my attention at the moment. Are you playing it on PC? PC, yeah. Yeah. So I actually found, like, Origin had a free weekend of Titanfall, and I kind of grabbed it on PC before I had my PS4, and... I didn't like the multiplayer because everyone else was just way too good. And I think I needed the the less accuracy that the PlayStation controller provides people to kind of even mm. the playing field a little bit. And, you know, that might be a crutch. That might be a cop out, but I'm willing to take it and I'm kind of having a lot of fun with it. Okay. Well, what else have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a bit of Let It Die, the Suda51 Grasshopper mm. Manufacturer's free-to-play PlayStation game. And I kind is of- it, is, is it a Suda51 trip? Like- it's- it's a pretty Suda 51 trip. Shadows of the Damned has a Suda 51 trip on the air cover. Is that the actual quote? Or is that That's the-, the actual quote. I think it's Shadows of the Damned that has that. Let It Die is kind of a roguelike game where you have to mm. climb a tower. So, you, so there's multiple floors and it's called the Tower of Barbs. And I'm not sure how many floors there are. I'm only up to floor five. Does the tower appear in a secret hour between midnight and the next day? Like in Persona 3? <laughs> no. Is Let It Die the sequel to Persona 3 it that everybody's- Could be. It was Persona 3 a free-to-play game where you started in like a lobby? Absolutely not. Tell me, do you go to school in Let It Die? <laughs> you take things to school, I think. Oh, okay. Well, that's close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've died a lot. Uh, so, the free-to-play hook in Let It Die is that if you die, you need to spend a really rare in-game currency called Death Metal to come back to life. So, mm. there's uh, you kind of have an insurance policy, and when you die, the uh, your insurance representative shows up and says, would you like to spend your Death Metal on coming back to life, or would you like to go back to the waiting room? Now, you can earn a few death metal in-game. I think they give the odd one out as a daily login bonus, but the real trick, and I think this is where the kind of free-to-play mechanic comes in, you can actually purchase them with real money. Right. So, generally, purchasing with real money leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, but it kind of, I mean, I haven't spent any real money on death metal yet, and I've kind of got 17, and at the moment it's only one to regenerate life, and I've died a few times already. But because the, I think the way they've kind of structured it is because Let It Die is a game on the Death Drive 128 video game system, the pretend video game system in-game, and you're actually in an arcade playing it, and Uncle Death, who is Death, who rides a skateboard and has a golf club that converts itself into a scythe and he's got these really cool kind of spiral glasses. And he kind of talks in a, I want to say, a Japanese person doing an American accent which kind of makes it sound a bit Mexican. 
So he sounds like a pseudo fifty one game. Yeah, his Uncle Death is. I always know that there's a cool character when I want to get a t shirt of the character, and I would definitely oh. want to get a t shirt of Uncle Death. So his Uncle Death is in the arcade, and he's the one who logs you into the game each time. I think equating the having to pay real money to having to pay money to have a game in an arcade is kind of where their free-to-play mechanic comes in. Does Uncle Death own the arcade? Does he go around emptying all the machines out and swearing at kids that jam the coin slots with chewing gum? I bet that's the end. I bet like, after all that, you find out that him, he's just kind of rolling around in death metal like Uncle Scrooge. Scrooge McDuck. Yes, Scrooge McDuck. Yep. So, yeah, that's Let It Die. I mean, I played it for an hour the first time and then I put it down for a week, but it's kind of got its hooks into me real real bad now as well it's you can't pause in the game either so i kind of have to really pick my moments to play it yeah so it's like dark souls then yeah it has been getting a couple of comparisons to dark souls but i think it is its own thing why do you want to pause going off and spending time with other people is for casuals yeah well you start off in the waiting room and as you go up levels there are elevators that you can catch back down to the waiting room but they aren't on every single level so if you do want to go back to the waiting room, you have the choice of trekking all the way back manually or forging ahead and hoping that you find a waiting room. And I've done now both. Now sounding very Persona 3. <laughs> yeah, none of them are ideal. I've kind of made it work. You, I think you can also, as a free-to-play element, buy a special pass that allows you access to the elevators and you don't have to pay. But the actual cost for the elevators isn't that much in the grand scheme of things. I think it gets more the higher you go up, but I'm mm. only on floor five, so I don't really know. Right. Well, it sounds like a Suda 51 game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it a little bit more. So there's kind of that. I mean, like my gaming over the past three, four weeks has been PlayStation 4 based. I kind of got a bit, not tired, but a bit stale of sitting at the PC and mm. playing some games like that. So I decided to pony up and buy a PS4. So I got it myself because it's my first PS4. I'm a, bit, a little bit behind in the generation, but I so I bought a PS4 Pro. Right. And that's actually been really fun. I've got I got Titanfall on the sales. I got Let It Die because that's free. I uh, bought Trackmania Turbo and I've been playing a little oh, bit of Trackmania okay. Turbo because I always love a little bit more Trackmania. It's, have you been playing with weird Germans who set up maps that you don't have to actually turn? You just hit accelerate and it takes you through loops? <laughs> no, that's the one thing about Trackmania Turbo that Trackmania hasn't got going for it is they've taken all of that out of Turbo. So There's no weird German servers where they're playing techno Eurobeat no, while people try to figure out the weird tracks that they've made. No, and some would consider that to be the best part of Trackmania, but... It was. Yeah. It, it wasn't who got the best score, it was who can actually finish before the time runs out. <laughs> So, no, it's, I've just been enjoying kind of trying to get gold on every single track and that mm. starts to become harder and harder as the game goes on, obviously. But it's an awesome track mania in that sense, but it doesn't have any of the cool server playlist mm. features. Yeah. I think I've got track mania United, but uh, it's registered to a different email address, so it's downgraded itself to nations and I've got to figure out how to get my key back. I can't remember what I had originally on Steam. I bought something and then they changed it to Track or Planet Mania and then I mm. never did any of that. Mania Planet. And I never did Fight Mania, I want to say. I never did that. Shoot Mania. Shoot I Mania. Think. Whatever. Mm. Just just say a word and you put Mania after it and they've probably done that one. Ice Cream Mania. Yeah, Ice Cream Mania. That's where you get chocolate and vanilla and you get one scoop in each hand and you have to try and feed another person who doesn't want to be fed ice cream. While listening to German techno. Yeah, and trying to get gold on that. 
that's coming to PlayStation 5. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. We can only hope there's enough power in the PlayStation 5 for that. Uh, and we've gone through my foray into NBA Jam because I'm still heavily reminiscing about good NBA games. Yeah, there was one on the Commodore 64 I used to play. Now, I can't remember the two. Was it Larry Bird? And one Magic Johnson? Vers- yeah. Johnson versus Bird. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I had that. And I had Lakers versus Celtics. And then I think, I don't know where I went from there. All I remember was when NBA Jam came out. That was cool. And I thought it kind of captured the zeitgeist of the time because you could throw elbows and you were doing fireballs and you were pushing people over, which I don't think in today's world of everything's a streamlined marketing game that you'll ever see in a game again, even though they try to bring NBA Jam out every couple of years anyway. I think they just treat it like this thing of the past that people love, but I don't think that they're willing to bring it back properly. Can you still fight in hockey games? I remember you could do that on the Super Nintendo. (laughs) It would actually load a completely different screen, a completely different game where you'd beat up the other guy. I actually don't know. The last hockey game I had was NHL 94 for the Genesis, I want to say. Could you fight in that game? I think you could. Yeah, Yeah. I think you could. Although it was one of those hockey games that I just got good enough where it'd be like 50 to zero, which was an unrealistic hockey score because Mm. generally- Hockey scores are one to nothing. Kind of a bit like soccer then. Yeah. Although I think we played a game a, a long, long time ago, Multiplayer called On the PS2. Is, so, yes. With lots and lots of multi-taps, <laughs> trying to field an entire team at once. Yes. And I just got really into sliding at people. It's like Magic the Gathering, except you were collecting yellow cards. I thought that was the game. Like who had the most yellow cards wins? I tap my yellow card and slide into you. <laughs> So, oh yeah, I was going to say, today I bought a copy on eBay of NBA Street 2 because I remember having that game and I don't have it anymore and I want to have it again because that was a cool game. I think that was the last really cool NBA game. I think they had NBA Street 3, which I bought, but I didn't think it was as good. I believe NBA Street 2, you could unlock the Beastie Boys. And they would actually play? Yeah, you could field the whole Beastie Boys as a side. Wow. Yeah. What did you think of the Beastie Boys song in the new Star Trek movie? Or haven't you seen it? I haven't seen it. It's like a bit dumb, but it makes sense in the scene that it's in and the way in which it's introduced. They use the same Beastie Boys song in the first new Star Trek movie and a lot of people panned it. Yeah. In this one, it actually kind of makes sense. Was it Fight for Your Right or something like that? No, it was Sabotage. That seems to be the song that gets doled out where you want kind of an action song where you want to kind of add a bit of coolness to a scene. It seems to be the one that the Beastie Boys are going, yeah, you can have that. It's been used for that in the past. Generally, they're pretty good on what they give their music to or not. Hmm. I believe after MCA died, he put in a clause into his will or he just kind of told them before he died that his wish was that none of the Beastie Boys songs would ever be used for advertising, which I can get behind. Mm, Well, it's kind of a movie, so I guess it's not really advertising. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of really cool songs that have been used in movies that you wouldn't have expected to have been used in movies and, you know, of bands who are traditionally not willing to give their songs out. I think it was Argo, the Ben Affleck movie, they used When the Levy Breaks, the Led Zeppelin song. And, yep. and they personally asked Jimmy Page whether they could use it in the scene. And it's the scene where they're partying just before they're all going out to potentially get killed. And there's a scene where they drop the needle onto an album and the song starts playing. So apparently they showed Jimmy Page that scene and asked for his express permission to use that song. And he kind of looked at it for a second and went, 
All right, you can use the song, but my only request is that you CG change where the needle drops on the record because that's not the correct part of the record. So they did it and they used the song. You know, if I was Jimmy Page, I'd probably do the same thing. Oh, probably. There's a similar thing in The Big Lebowski where they used Towns Van Zandt's cover of The Rolling Stones' Dead Flowers and it was owned by uh, Alan Klein, who was the Rolling Stones' manager or used to be the Rolling Stones' manager. Uh, and he wouldn't he wouldn't give them the the song he wanted one hundred and fifty thousand for it and and they begged him come down and just look at the movie and see what we've done. And it turns out that Alan Klein doesn't like the Eagles. I can get behind and, that. Yeah, and there's a scene in the movie where Jeff Bridges' character, the dude, is in a taxi and the guy's playing the Eagles, and he says, "I fucking hate the Eagles, man." And at that point in the movie, Alan Klein stood up and said, "That's it. You can you can have the song. That was that was beautiful." <laughs> Fuck the Eagles. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really sure what... The, oh, well, actually, if you listen to read interviews with T-Bone Burnett, who was the music curator, that's what he wanted to call himself for the Big Lebowski, he said that he goes into a bit of detail about how at that time the Eagles sort of came along and ruined a lot of the feel of the music scene in that era. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if he's... I, I don't think I was alive then, or if I was, I was very young. <laughs> so I'm not sure how true that is. Well, I think... Uh, that's why the Eagles of Death Metal is called the Eagles of Death Metal. It's not because they uh, want to be a bird. It's because that they consider themselves to be the death metal equivalent the of end. the Eagles. So, yeah, that's pretty much been my couple of weeks of gaming. I played a little bit of Nitro Plus Blasters, which uh, is very Japanese in certain ways that's kind of uncomfortable at times. But the mechanics are good enough that I'm willing to overlook a lot of that and just, mm. you know, just try to stay away from the overly awkward Japanese moments. Do you get the urge to hand yourself into a police station while playing? Or Yeah, you do. You kind of have to have a shower <laughs> after some of the fights. But uh, as long as... The, so, the first time I noticed it, because, I mean, it's an all-girls cast and there are mm. characters from uh, other Nitro Plus uh, video novels and... I was visual and, novels. Yes, the visual. They, <laughs> and boy, are they visual! Right. So they're all girls, and I thought, "Oh, look, costume options!" And I clicked sideways, and I saw underwear, and I clicked back really quickly, and I'm not like, "I never saw that." If I, as long nope. as I never use that, I think the game's fine. Yeah, so, probably. I, I played a little bit. It was, it was an all right fighting game. It's Xamu, isn't it? The same people that did Arcana Heart. Yes, yes. Yeah, which is sort of fairly well regarded, kinda. I, I mean. People struggle with the content, just like you, but it's a good fighting system, so they, they keep playing it. Yeah. Sometimes you think, oh, should I? Should I? And it's like, oh, fuck it. Let's play. I saw a really funny photo of Rob Zombie with some of his Japanese fans, and they're like Japanese girls who are dressed all cute, but it's like all black. And <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what Rob Zombie would have thought of that. Is that, is that he, he looks, Rob Zombie looks like a very hard man. Um, yeah. And these, these girls kind of. Dressed kind of like him, but sort of kind of keeping the, the Japanese cute aesthetic to it. Be a big market for him. Mm, possibly. So that's kind of where I'm at with games at the moment. Um, I, I did also, while well, on the sales, I did pick up uh, The Last of Us, but I haven't started it yet. No, I've got it from the old PS3 version. And I haven't played it either. The Last of Us and Beyond Two Souls are the two games that I got and never really sort of got into. Which are both apparently really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Beyond Two Souls is a David Cage game, so it does go a little bit up its own ass at some points. But, uh, you know, I'm willing to give it a go once I get the time. Yeah. I don't really know what I've been up to as far as playing games lately. I haven't 
like I've got lots of games, but I don't really want to play anything. And it's only recently Elite Dangerous that has said, oh, no, this is actually what I want to play. I did sell all of my Steam cards, though. For a long time there, I was building badges with the best of them. But then I decided that this isn't really going anywhere. I'm not really getting anything out of it. Let's see if I can scrape together money to buy a cheap game just by selling all these cards that I've got. And I think and at how the much time of recording, I have $5.20. That's, that's probably more than what I would have thought mm. you would have had. I mean, I've still got a bunch of cards and I keep forgetting that they're there until I get a new one. Mm. And then I go, hey, these things still a thing. And I look at how yeah. much I can sell them for and it's 0.08 cents or something. Yep. Not only that, but if you want to sell them now. You have to sign up to their their Steam Guard protection on your phone and then confirm every sale in you make individually. Uh, <laughs> well, it's hard enough listing them all and kind of going in and then manually putting in how much you're willing to get, like how much Valve wanted to take and you're like kind of trying to figure out like, okay, so it's point zero. If I want point zero five cents, I need to put it at point zero seven cents or at least get that much and- it's just all become too hard. That being said, I did make the Christmas sale card badge only uh, because I had no, I them. No, I didn't even do that. I, this is the first year I haven't done it. I just sold them all. Yeah, they're just a thing. I think Valve's kind of... They seem to have forgotten about them a little bit. Or, or, not yeah. that they've forgotten about it, but they haven't done anything decent with them. No, well, I think they're kind of like Team Fortress 2 now. They're just a self-sustaining thing that they've got going that hopefully keeps people playing games and buying games. Yeah, I mean, they did tie your friends list to your level, I think. But, I mean, yeah. I think I'm level 28 or something. I don't actually have that many friends. So and, yeah, I, I, got, I don't need lots of friend slots. No, I can have way more friend slots than I have friends now. So, whatever. Mm. Do you want to buy some cards? I'll sell you some. Cheap. Half price. No, see, I'm pretty good for cards at the moment. Oh, now I just have to get rid of all these games that I... Like, I purchased a bunch of games when they're on sale with the view of giving them out, maybe, or or giving them to my wife if she wants to play them. Yeah. Like, just like, oh, you have to play this game because, you know, everybody's played. Let's see, what have we got? So I've got two copies of EYE Divine Cybermancy because I bought one as a spare and one to give to somebody else who said I don't want it. <laughs> so now I've got two of them. Um, I bought binary domain and I haven't really found the right person to give binary domain to. Oh, just you, you um, need to find a guy called Bo. Yeah, Big Bo. And have him say things like, damn. Damn. You should give it to Ron Simmons from the WWE. Yeah, possibly. I'm not sure if he's a big gamer. Maybe, um, who's that guy? Kenny Omega might like it more than he does. Kenny Omega or Kofi Kingston. If, yes. I reckon if you tweeted Kofi Kingston- and I said, a free copy hey, of I, binary domain. But on the one condition is that you get Ron Simmons to play it. I reckon <laughs> you've got something on your hands there. Does Ron Simmons still have a contract with the WWE? I think he's NXT. I think he's in NXT development. He shows up every now and again. <laughs> Kofi and- Kingston could probably afford his own copy of binary domain. <laughs> yeah, but it's funnier. Um, so, yeah, I got Mass Effect 1 and 2 because they're the really only good ones in the series. Yeah. I got a copy of System Shock 2 for some reason. I think that was cheap and I bought it. Is that the remastered to- or the redone version? No. no, they haven't remastered System Shock 2 Didn't yet. They're they do doing System Shock it? 1. Oh, that's what I saw. Yep. Uh, and I got a copy of The Walking Dead, uh, the first season, which we stopped playing. Like, you you played through the first season, I finished the first you? one and yeah. I was really excited for the second one until kind of the week it came out and then I just didn't buy it and then I never played it and I know I've never thought about it until this moment. The two guys who did the writing on it left after season one and formed the studio that did Firewatch. So Right. And then 
then that was just as Telltale were, you know, going down the barrel of let's make every single game under the planet. Uh, well, actually, I, I have one Steam card left. I have Carol McLean from Deadly Premonition because Deadly Premonition is one of my favorite games, and I'm I would refuse to sell it at this point. They should do a system where you can trade your card in, and they will print you out a card and send you a physical mm, copy possibly. of the card. They're not really much use. I sold all my backgrounds and thing as, things as well. I kept Crusader Kings 2, uh, Don't Starve, Spelunky, and System Shock 2 as my three backgrounds. I have, so now my Steam inventory is like a half a page. The backgrounds of my Steam page is um, Shandy and Kinsey from Saints Row the Third. because They got um, they really changed her in the third one. Shandy, didn't they? They didn't yeah. get Eliza Dushku back and... She wasn't kind of like a pothead anymore. Was that the one that was voiced by, oh, what's her name? The porn star. Oh, really? Um, no, I don't think. Oh, maybe. I can't remember her name. Yeah, I think maybe they ended up can. getting a porn star. But probably just because they could. They're like, how are we going to add another little Easter egg in this game? Um, Penny Flame, I think. Not I don't the, know. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know who it was. No, it definitely wasn't Shondi. Okay. One of them was a porn star. At least one of them. <laughs> I'm too scared to Google Saints Row Porn Star for fear of what it would show up on my um, on my PC. Oh, this is an actually interesting. I have an article saying that that was actually all THQ's doing. Ah, mm. there you go. Volition wasn't really keen on it. <laughs> I did not always love how much THQ put an emphasis on porn stars, says Saints Row associate producer. <laughs> it makes it sound like that someone from, from THQ... Just rocks up to this guy's office and just says, how about them porn stars? <laughs> you know what your game needs? Uh, yeah. No, porn stars. And he did that every single day for a month until he's like, oh, fucking fine. It's like fine. he's not even talking about the game. He just rocks up and starts <laughs> talking about porn stars. It was Sasha Gray who voiced Viola That's Dementor. right, Sasha Gray. And right. uh, Tara Patrick was in uh, Saints Row 2. Three. 2? Oh, and 3 maybe. Maybe. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't know. There's been a lot of even- porn and Saints Row 3 mm. and they've the Venn diagrams occasionally meet. Just because of this one guy at THQ. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Venn diagrams that occasionally meet, I found today that Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top, who's uh, mm. one of my favourite guitarists and just my favourite people in the world because he's such a, a dude with swagger enough that he just asks a guy to build a combi van into a ball because he wants to have one. But apparently he is one of the people they interview in an upcoming documentary on Ren and Stimpy, which are two of my favorite things in the world, Ren and Stimpy and Billy Gibbons. And for some reason, their Venn diagrams have decided to overlap purely probably for my amusement. (laughs) What is he some kind of scholar on expert on Ren and Stimpy? I think so. I think he's pretty much a fan. Okay. Man, I remember watching that when I was a teenager. Yes. The 90s were a much, much more easy to digest time, I think. And Ren and Stimpy was an important part of that. Ren and Stimpy, NBA Jam, and whatever else we were playing at the time. Uh, Thief. I was playing a lot of Thief in the 90s and a lot of Baldur's Gate. There's been a lot of those games coming out again, like Tyranny and Wasteland 2 and Pillars of Eternity. And I've bought all of them and I've played very little of them. I've maybe played... I played a lot of the Shadowrun games. I finished the first two and I've got the third and I haven't finished it yet, but... I got the first yeah. one and I haven't played the second one. The first Shadowrun game's not that good, but the second one's really good. Oh, okay. Dragonfall. If, if it's on sale, pick it up. Like, it's really good. Okay. All right. Um, so, when we were kind of talking about 
the podcast and about kind of what we could have on the podcast, apart from just us rambling about games, we were thinking of- And wrestling. And wrestling and Ren and And basketball. And basketball and uh, Pringles. And porn stars. Porn stars and Pringles was a high on our list of topics to hit. Mm. Um, we were thinking that we could maybe attack, attack, talk about, discuss a topic or two that, that mm. we kind of predetermine. Do you want to- Go forward with one. Actually, I think we've spoken about the Steam cards already. Yep. I've, or, I've already worked worked all of mine in. Oh, subtle. How seamlessly. about that? We didn't even have to do an mm. intro. Now I'm going to ham-fistedly no. put mine yep. one in. Oh, awesome. We're going to get better at this maybe one we day. Are. So January 4th, I found, was the 10th anniversary of the one terabyte hard drive. Yeah, that makes me feel old. It makes me feel old, but then kind of not that much as well. I mean, I it's not like 10 years have passed and we've got 40 gig hard drives. There's definitely been diminishing returns on them mm-hmm. and you know the, the ps4 i just got has a one terabyte hard drive in it and you know, so so much spinning rust you can throw at something yeah i mean so hitachi originally had the first one in 2007 and they released it at ces and i can't just trying to look up how much it cost because it probably cost a bomb but uh i don't know i can't find it but yeah i mean we kind of haven't really progressed here you go it was it actually wasn't that much it was uh 399 bucks us yeah, that's still, re- still like that's what you'd pay for a reasonably good hard drive is yeah about 300 bucks in australia in australia yeah so i mean i've got in this pc that's wearing away next to me probably 11 gig spread across five different drives 11 terabytes yeah 11 if you've got you've got 11 gig <laughs> then I'm afraid you might have been ripped off and i've got at least 11 gig it bottoms yeah. out at 11 and it goes yeah, up 11 from gig many times over yeah 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 um, so I've got, yeah, 11 terabytes spread across about five drives. Uh, some of them mirror each other, so there's probably not that much total storage. Mm. But, I mean, there's, like I said, the PS4 I picked up has a one terabyte hard drive in it, and I consider that to be small for a, a modern-day console when games that are coming out now are kind of starting to be 40 to 60 gig a download plus whatever patches you need to throw on top of it. I mean, even if oh, you yeah. uh, get... A disc-based game, it still installs the game to the hard drive, and then you have to get patches as well. I know that uh, Grand Theft Auto Five was quite large. Yeah. Um, so you know, like, where do we go from hard drives? I mean, do you trust cloud-based storage to say I've got all of my games that I've bought on Steam, and I've, I, I used to have them all installed until I had a hard drive failure, and now I've only mm. got a few installed. But I just assumed that they were going to be there the whole time. I mean, previous to that, I was like, I have to download everything just in case it all goes away. Mm. And I'm trying to go discless on the PS4 just so I don't have to deal with discs. But then I have to kind of think, well, are all these things going to be available all the time? And I don't know. But that seems to be the answer to the lack of super huge hard drives is just moving it all to Amazon's servers and downloading it off there or, you know, off steam servers and downloading it off there i don't know well for the pc i'm pretty fine with with storing stuff on the cloud because i know i can easily back it up in whatever format i want i can just take the files and dump them to something else but for consoles i i don't like there's probably stuff on my xbox 360 right now that if it went away like pt on the ps3 is a good example as it was available and now it's not available and now you you can't really get it anymore so yeah i think you can still download it if you have already assigned it to your mm. account yeah but but if you didn't like me then <laughs> you sort of kind of stuck yeah exactly and i'm sure there are ways of getting it and playing it that would probably invalidate you from ever jumping on sony's network again yeah but that's not 
the greatest way of doing it. I mean, like um, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I tr- was trying to get a copy a couple of months ago because I saw it had come out again in the US because it hadn't been available for three, four years mm. uh, because Capcom's Marvel license had expired. But, I mean, I and I still already had the game on 360, but I just wanted a one that I can play on the current-gen consoles, and there wasn't one, yeah. and there hasn't been one for us. And, and, and that just kind of went away, and I couldn't get a copy of it. And I know yeah. just last week there were a couple of other games that kind of got pulled, like that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game that got universally bad reviews got pulled as well, so you can't get that. Even if you wanted it, you can't get it. And then there were another couple of games that got pulled as well, and like that is a reality now. Yeah, well, you just need to don't need to look any further than than MMOs for that. I mean, where's your City of Heroes character? Where's my City of Heroes character? Rune where's, Blade. Where's our characters for? Uh, I'm trying to think of another one we played that shut down. We played Auto Assault for a while, but nobody cares about Auto Assault. So, uh, and they're all just coming up. NC Soft is the ones they they shut down the Matrix Online. They shut down well, they shut down Star Wars Galaxies. So you know, there's also there's a lot of precedent for. The sort of things that you will never play again because of the server component. Yeah, and I think um, that there are, like I was saying, there are probably ways of playing all this stuff eventually because there are people mm. actively out there trying to preserve the histories of video games. But I mean, yeah. all that is a grey area that men in suits in buildings haven't have kind of one opinion of, and other people have other opinions of. Yep, your your nostalgia belongs to somebody. Yes, unfortunately it does. But um, yeah, so up to this point, I think all modern consoles, they expect you to, if you're going to have a, a large amount of games, to get an, a larger hard drive. And I don't think well, kind of your console experience is actually complete without one because if you're serious and you've got anything more than 10 or 20 games, if you want to store them all on the drive, you just can't. I mean, I know... We just picked up an Xbox One S and I had to hunt high and low to get the two terabyte version of it because I just didn't want to have to deal with opening it up and sticking mm. a two terabyte hard drive in it because it was a present for the kids for Christmas. Well, during the 360, I really quickly um, <laughs> maxed out my hard drive and had to go and buy another one. Yeah. So, I don't know. I was big time into Xbox Live arcade games. So, oh, yeah, well, hard drive development, I guess, has slowed down. There's only so much space you can get on a spinning platter with a reading head. I mean, the obvious next step is larger SSDs, but they're prohibitively expensive, but they're getting cheaper and they're getting larger. They just have to catch up. Yeah, and I don't expect Project Scorpio to have a, a five-disc RAID in it just to get no. up to. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't make consoles more expensive, it would definitely make them heavier. Well, you don't have to pick it up that much. It's not like the GameCube. It doesn't have a handle on it. I think all consoles should have handles. Yeah, well, some of them I don't know exactly how you would move them around once they get roped into your home home theatre system. Does the Switch have a handle? I'm not sure it needs one, does it? You might get a nice cover with with weird like pictures of cats on it or something. Goombas. You could get your Nitro Plus Blasters Heroines cover for your Switch. Will that get me arrested? Probably. You're going to have to sell it to your cellmate to... <laughs> <laughs> to make bail. Uh, all right. Um, we're going to move on to another segment, which we have, and I will eventually, if you're listening to this, I'm going to try and find some music for it, but we might not have music, so it could just be me making a sound that sounds like music. But the segment is called Letting Off Steam. And Oh, okay. Yes, that one. 
Remember? We kind yes. of spoke about that one. And mm-hmm. it look, to be honest, it's not too late to back out. We can just delete this section and no, no one will ever no. hear it. No, we can do it. All right. It's called Letting Off Steam. And this is where we track down some fun or funny Steam reviews of games that might not necessarily be the best games in the world. Well, they might be. We're just trying to track down right. some funny Steam reviews and we'll read them out. Okay. So, if anyone's listening and you've got some funny Steam reviews or you've read some funny Steam reviews or you want to place your own funny Steam review out there for us to find and read, please do. So we start? Yes. Okay, just so- leave a gap for some music. Hang on. All right. Actually, I probably could have put that gap in later. Never mind. Probably. Go. All right. This is letting off steam. So- our first uh, Steam review game is Doom, and we're going to read out a positive review and a negative review for each one. So this is by G8 Woodkickers, who has 13.9 hours on Doom, and he says, I dislike Doom because it crashes too much, and when I went on the computer today, Doom was installed from the computer, and it was really fun until that. That's, that's a negative review. That's a solid review. Biting criticism. So, Doom by 320 Equinox. I'm not sure if that's a drug joke or not. He has 4.3 hours on Doom. Not that much compared to G8 Woodkickers, but he says, 1994. This is fucking awesome, but I hope my mum doesn't walk in. 2000, oh, and see what I'm doing with that chainsaw. 2016. This is fucking awesome, but I hope to God my son doesn't walk in and see what I'm doing with that chainsaw. <laughs> you probably have that problem yourself. I have that problem playing The Witcher. Please, nobody walk in at just at that moment. Why can't you walk in? Because sex could happen at any moment. Why are you looking at a sex card? I don't know. There haven't been cards in the game since the first Witcher. Yeah, I know, but the first time you saw it and you were playing it during the day and you just like, oh my god, there are children in the other room and now I mm. feel like the police should be showing up. Why can't you walk in when I'm riding a horse? Yes. Or, or a unicorn. The next game is Stardew Valley by Scriblord Supremo. He has 26.7 hours. It says, This game is like spaghetti. It's cheap and fun. <laughs> now, um, that was a, that was apparently a positive review. And full of carbs. Mm, I'm, not, I'm not sure what... Like, you can get spaghetti that's expensive if you go to the right, right restaurants. Yeah. So. <laughs> can you get unfun spaghetti? Well, I know you can get the little ones Maybe that are just- shaped like dinosaurs. Maybe if you broke up razor blades and put it in the spaghetti yeah, or something. Yeah, that's definitely unfun spaghetti. All right, so we're going to harken back to Nitro Plus Blasters here with a Stardew Valley review by Blitz, who has 0.2 hours on record, which I feel that was 12 minutes. You spent a lot of time on this game. This is <laughs> yes. going to be a thorough review of the ending of the I've, game. I've played Spoiler Stardew alert. Valley, and I don't reckon you get out of the intro in the first 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, Everybody I know likes this game, though in my opinion I can't see why they do. During my gameplay, I found the game extremely boring. Then again, I do play visual novels. Yeah, he does. I'm not sure if he's having having a go at himself or <laughs> if he's saying visual novels are better than Stardew Valley. I think he just reviewed himself. <laughs> Possibly. Maybe maybe they should put a Steam page for it. So our next review is The Witness by uh, Eyes Like Fire. 6.6 hours on record. This is a negative review, and his review is, With The Witness, I think the most interesting puzzle for me is how to get my $40 back from Jonathan Blow. <laughs> Bam! That's biting commentary. It is. He's honed in on the issue with The Witness there. Is that he spent <laughs> money on a game? Well, actually, with Steam refunds, the way to get his $40 back from Jonathan Blow is to submit a Steam refund. Probably not with 6.6 hours on record. Or just but go and bail up Jonathan Blow at PAX. Yeah, Say, hey, maybe. 40 bucks now. 
He would never Although do that. Although if you spent 6.6 hours on it, like that's at least as long as a call of single player Call of Duty game. True, that's about as long co- as the only campaign cost him bucks. There you go. Uh, and so our last one is The Witness. Uh, it's a positive review by The One Four. He has 13.5 hours on record. Definitely no Steam refund for him. And he said, I thought I was clever and then I became a witness to my stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was a review of some of the other Steam reviews that I had to read to find this. <laughs> we have all been a witness to our own stupidity tonight. Mm, we have. That's that's it for letting off Steam this week. And almost time to get out of here. Um, we've been working a lot over the break as well on just kind of finalising some, some stuff that we want to get done in the coming months on the site. Um, Anthony's done a exhaustive guides to Seven Days to Die, which I haven't actually Almost. even played myself. So I should probably watch the videos, or maybe I should just get you to teach me how to play the game. Mm, maybe you shouldn't watch the videos in case I'm filling them with swears. Oh, are you? I haven't even looked. Well, possibly it's usually early in the morning when I record them, so it's <laughs> anyone's bet. <laughs> I generally fill my videos with swears. So we do have some things that we want to achieve in the next kind of couple of months. Uh, I've been wanting to do a Friday night live stream of fighting games because there are way more fighting games out there in the world that I have played. And I don't wacky, play Wacky Wacky 7. Oh, Wacky Wacky 7. There's uh, Masters of Tereskazi, which I have played. Uh, that wasn't good. I didn't, I, I didn't enjoy my time. And I think that was another blockbuster game that I had downloaded. Mm. Uh, so not downloaded, that I have rented. Rented. Yes, rented. That was Blockbuster's big problem, is that they didn't make that move. <laughs> I could have saved them all the hassle and I, they could I think, still be I think a lot of people told them at one point Netflix asked them to buy them. Yeah. And they said no. No, but instead I rented Masters of Tereskazi. And I think the problem with that is it didn't come with an instruction manual and I was a lot younger and I had no clue what I was doing. I just knew it had lightsabers. Does a lightsaber come with an instruction manual? Do you need one? No, you just hit the button and the thing comes out the end and you stab it (laughs) in dudes. And then you try and shoot them with your gun when you're hand solo and he doesn't have a lightsaber and then he loses a lot. But then you just persist with being hand solo and just keep losing and losing. Maybe that's the problem. Who knows? I don't think I've ever played that game. Well, your chance is on a Friday Night Fights. I will will attempt to track down a copy of Masters of Tereskazi. I believe if we wait long enough, they'll probably announce Masters of Tereskazi 2, and then we can have a comparison between the two, what they have learnt in the coming years. Hmm. I can't. I can't wait for that. Is it more about Masters of Tereskazi versus Capcom? Masters of Tereskazi versus Marvel versus Capcom versus DC. Wow, so it is Star Wars. So Star Wars does, they could do Capcom versus Marvel versus Star Wars yep. versus- They could probably get, probably get SNK in there as well, somehow. And cars, so the cars just run out. Oh, maybe the cars could be the cars in the cutscenes. No, no, the cars in the cutscenes where you beat them up, in, like in Street yeah. Fighter 2, and you're yeah, actually that, just that smashing up Lightning McQueen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Easter egg for you. Why is that man punching that sentient car? <laughs> Why has Lightning McQueen got a black eye? <laughs> um, ooh, you should do that voice just, more often. I actually, well, when I, I have to admit, when I just did that voice, Siri popped up and just went, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> so maybe, <laughs> Siri never works for me any other time except for when I put on a voice. Mm. Oh, well. Um, so, yeah, there was uh, some Friday Night Fight live stream, which I've actually, I think I've got the system set up for now, so we should be right to do that. Uh, right now we're doing it on Xbox One controllers, 
but that's not ideal for playing fighting games. So we are going to be, at some point, building some fight sticks. We have skills. We have previously built some things that look occasionally like fight sticks. Some of them occasionally look like arcade cabinets. Mm. So we'll see if we can maybe record a video or maybe even live stream out building a fight stick, which might be fun. That would be nice. Uh, I want to do a wrestling game series because there are also a lot of wrestling games I have not played that I want to play. And I have played a lot of them in, in the past, but there are... I haven't played any of the Fire Pro series, which are apparently well lauded by a lot of people. Mm. Apparently, uh, Suda51 worked on a Super Fire Pro Wrestling something or other for the Super Nintendo, which I wouldn't mind checking out. Yeah, well, it sounds good. It's a good wrestling game as long as it goes ding when you hit someone in the nuts. See, that's the other thing. Like, I was talking about NBA Jam that, you know, I don't think that they would make a game now where you could elbow and push people around. And I don't think that they would make a wrestling game where you could punch somebody in the nuts and it would make a ding sound. Yep. Maybe you can still hit them with your timekeeper's bell. Or Stone Cold Steve Austin would flip someone off and they don't blur it out. I don't know. I haven't played a wrestling game since the... GameCube, so we'd need to go back and check. Well, see now's your recently. chance. It will be. So we'll start that series up. Yep, there's going to be a lot of Chris Jericho. Oh, break the walls down. Uh, is there anything else you've got coming up on site? Yeah, I've got a couple of news articles coming up. I'm going to keep most of what I'm doing under wraps because some of it's a surprise. And we're going to start a series called Game Dives, where we really get into into a game and what it, like mostly games that we lived through the launch for. Um, so we're going to get into a couple of games. Like I remember you and I went went to Propellerhead Computer back in the day. Yeah. For the midnight launch of the original Neverwinter Nights. Yes, I do remember. And, was- and actually that was one of the first games of kind of that era that I finished. I think I finished it mm. in like two weeks or something, which was unbelievable for that game. And uh, it was also the midnight launch for War- Warcraft 3. So there are a lot more people buying Warcraft than there were Neverwinter yeah. Nights. Yeah, yeah. We were kind of pushed off to the side. But, yeah, so games that we sort of lived through the launch for and lived through the whole sort of surrounding, I guess, culture of. Uh, I'll do a couple of game dives. Other than that, I might play some Subnautica and I might stick a video camera on me so people can watch me running away like a girl and hitting Alt-4, <laughs> Alt-F4 and stopping, stopping the game. I'll be there for that. Mm, you should live should stream it and I'll be in the chat. Yeah, well, we'll see what, what happens based on... Um, based on the terrible internet that we've got in this country. Yeah, I think I've managed to get some settings that give me at least not that much pixelated video, but it's decent mm. enough to watch. We can uh, we can maybe try it at 3 o'clock in the morning when no one else is using the internet <laughs> in Australia because the government's mandated that we're not allowed. No, because it'll be M-rated because it's online. All right, well, that's All just right. about going to do it. Uh, thank you for listening. This has been uh, the first episode. We were discussing whether we would call this one episode one or episode triple O pilot, but I think this one's been all right. I think we can call this one episode one, episode one in the bag. Sounds good. Cool. So thanks for listening. Uh, My name is David Shark. I'm with Anthony Murphy, and I've just realized I don't know how to end this, but we'll figure out something. Goodbye. See you next time.